I'm Rob. I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. This is week four, our concluding week of our Steve Martin theme month. And for tonight's selection, we went in the Wayback Machine to Steve Martin's first feature film, The Jerk from 1979. You know, I was thinking, you know, it's it's been a month that we've been doing this, you know, four weeks and three days, but to me it seems like nine weeks and five days. The first day seemed like a week, and the second day seemed like five days, and the third day seemed like a week again, and the fourth day seemed like eight days, and the fifth day, uh, you went to see your mother, and that seemed like just a day, and then you came back, and later on the sixth day in the evening, when we saw each other, that started uh, seeming like two days, so in the evening, it seemed like two days spilling over into the next day, and that started to seem like four days, so at the end of the sixth day, on into the seventh day, it seemed like a total of five days, and the sixth day seemed like a week and a half. I have it written down, uh, but I can show it to you tomorrow if you want to see it. We watched The Jerk! Yeah. I've never seen The Jerk. Have you seen The Jerk? Oh, yeah, I've seen The Jerk. I saw that several times as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't have any like specifically distinct memories other than a couple of specific scenes and things like that and the dog. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yes, this was your first time seeing this movie, yeah. so let's get your first reaction. You know, I knew it had a reputation. It is it is funny. I mean, you heard me. I laughed quite a bit throughout yeah. this. It's very late 1970s. There's a lot of humor in it that you just you really couldn't do now. I was going to say, could you make this movie today? You'd be hard-pressed to. Yeah. It's it's not PC, but I don't get any ill will from it at all. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a goofy fun, a goofy funny movie. Why don't the you give us a plot to plots. Yeah, the loses to plots basically to string together Steve Martin gags. So Steve Martin, his character's name is Navin Johnson, and he was born poor black child in Mississippi, or so he thinks, raised by a uh, poor black family who don't tell him until uh, he's grown up that he's not their biological child. And he listens to the radio one night after a gospel hour, some accordion music? And he, uh, this music speaks to him as nothing has ever spoken to him and before. And it's being broadcast from St. Louis. So he decides he has to go to St. Louis to find this music. So he sets out and hitchhikes. He does make it to St. Louis. He never really does anything about the music once he got, gets there because he gets distracted because Jackie Mason gives him a job at a gas station. And then M. Emmett Walsh is, uh, picks his name out of a phone book, a phone book he was very pleased to see his name in print in, yeah. to kill with a gun. <laughs> and at first he thinks that, oh, he hates these cans because these oil cans are getting shot. And so he runs away from... And Emmett Walsh, and he ends up as part of a carnival where he gets a girlfriend and then meets... Played under- by Ren Woods. Yes. Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong one. No, no, that's uh, Caitlin, Caitlin Adams, I think. Yeah. And then he meets Bernadette Peters, and they fall in love, and she leaves him for kind of unspecified reasons. Because he hasn't made it something no, of because himself. He, because he was supposed to have a special but purpose. But he has a special purpose, <laughs> yes. as um, we find out. Yeah. And so he um, ends up going to Los Angeles, and he gets an apartment, but he sustains himself by giving blood. Yeah. And he, he has to stop doing that when he cuts himself shaving and nothing comes up in air. Yep. And so he's in dire straits, and Emmett, Emmett, Emmett Walsh shows back up, but not to shoot him because he's better now. But to give him notification to go to Century City and meet this man that he had met previously 
at the gas station, and he had jury-rigged a uh, gizmo for putting his glasses off and on and keeping them from falling off, which they called the Omni-Grab. Opti-Grab. Opti-Grab. And this guy had told him, it's like, if I can make something out of this, I'll give you half the proceeds. And he does. It becomes a sensation. And so he becomes super rich overnight. He tracks down Bernadette Peters. They fall in love, or they're already in love. They get married, and they spend a heck of a lot of money. and On ridiculous stuff. On ridiculous stuff. And he becomes, he gets interviewed for some kind of news magazine. But they don't show much of his interview because of breaking news having to do with the OptiGrab that Carl Reiner, the director of this film, among others, has launched a class action suit against the OptiGrab because the little thing you OptiGrab onto, your eyes are drawn to it and it causes you to go cross-eyed. And so there's a trial and uh, the class action suit wins. And so, including being led by a judge who is cross-eyed from played by the William OptiGrab. Schallert, who I yeah. have met. And Naven then has to give everybody a dollar and eight cents. Dollar and nine cents. Dollar and nine cents. And so he and Bernadette Peters have a bit of a falling out, and they're like, where was the person that I fell in love with? And so he sets out on his own with the only things he needs, which is an ashtray, a paddle game, a remote control, these matches, a lamp, the chair, and I think a pitcher. But he eventually trades those for a thermostat, which he had a dreamed. A thermos. A thermos, Yeah. That he had dreamed of giving Bernadette Peters. He ends up living on the street, which is where he narrates his story to us. And then at the end, his family, to whom he had been sending money regularly, had done an excellent job of investing it. And Bernadette Peters has come back to him, and they all drive off back to the country. Unfortunately, they did have to tear down that old house, despite how much they loved it, and they built a bigger one. Yes. Which is the exact same house, just on a larger scale. Yep. It was it was fun. Yeah. It's a funny movie. That there's not a ton of depth to it. There's not meant to be a ton of depth to it. No. It is just again a loose plot to string together these gags of varying degrees of effectiveness. But Steve Martin really goes all in to play this jerk. Yeah. You know, as I think back on my previous viewings of this, again, they're almost all from my childhood. I don't think I've seen this probably since the since the year 2000 like before the oh, year wow. 2000 you know so it's been more than 20 years since i've seen this in, in hindsight i must have seen an edited version of this mm. because who would allow a child to watch the full version of this mm. <laughs> although it's it, so it's a rated r movie but i can't see a lot that today would if I this was would, made today i think PG it would be 13. pg-13 yeah. um, but it was rated r but it must have been like I, i'm pretty sure most of the times that i saw it it was on tv so it must mm. have been an edited version edited i mean anyway. it would have been on basic cable a lot yeah somehow i never saw it yeah but yeah like you said there's there's not a lot of depth here it's a pretty straightforward movie, and like you said, it, it's a, the loosest of plot to string together a bunch of gags. Steve Martin does well in it. Bernadette Peters. How, what did you make of her? I liked her in it. Yeah. She, she was fun. Do you have much knowledge or experience? No. Her? She's primarily a, a Broadway singer. Okay. But she's, and she clearly can sing in this. She's shown up in at least one other Steve Martin film. She was in his version of Pennies from Heaven, an adaptation of the British miniseries, which I've not seen. Yeah. And then she was in Heartbeeps and, uh, again, mostly uh, mostly Broadway stuff. This movie had a... Actually, I'm not seeing budget information for it, but it looks like it had an opening weekend of, of $5.9 million, and it had a 
domestic gross of 73 million, actually it looks like it's worldwide gross, was a little, little over $73 million. Well, I was actually seeing different figures for it on Wikipedia. Wikipedia says it cost $4 million to make and made $100 million. So either way, quite a successful film. Yeah, an extremely successful film. There is some funny trivia about this. Okay. These are, as per my usual, coming from the trivia section of IMDb. Stanley Kubrick was a big admirer of this film, and he would often recite lines from the movie to cast and crew on his films, and he once invited Steve Martin over so they could play chess. Bill Murray apparently filmed a cameo that was deleted, and on Saturday night, December 15th, 1979, broadcast of Saturday Night Live, Murray jokingly reviewed The Jerk, saying, I was in the movie, but cut cut out of it. That didn't influence my opinion. The movie is a dog. There's something missing. I don't know who it is. I can't say. The part where Navin licks Murray's face during their first date, was completely <laughs> improvised. Bernadette Peters didn't know it was coming, and her reaction was genuine. Steve Martin and Bernadette Peters were actually dating during the filming. Oh, okay. And at one point, I guess there was a rationing of gas, so they used to ride to the set together and would make up things to do on their drive into work together. Oh, okay. And, you know, things to do on the filming. According to Steve Martin's book, Born, Up, Sta- Born Standing Up, his favorite line in the movie is ad-libbed, and it's when his character's hitchhiking and a man stops and asks, St. Louis? To which Martin replies, no, Navin Johnson. And then he puts his dog in the front seat and he writes in the back. <laughs> oh, in the beginning of the movie, Navin is at the dinner table with his family and he bursts into tears. The director intentionally did not tell the actors who played his younger siblings about the scene. The astonished expression on their faces is genuine since they didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Oh, Steve Martin and the dog got off on the wrong foot when he accidentally dropped mittens on the animal's face, and from then on it cowered when he tried to pet it. Steve Martin recalled, it was miserable, he hated me. (laughs) (laughs) The ninth highest grossing picture in the U.S. for 1979. Well, and that one says it also grossed over $100 which aligns with what you found. So, yeah, I think that that's most of the good ones. As is common when we cover comedies, doesn't seem like we're going to have a particularly long recording. It seems as though this film was fairly well received, though. It has an aggregate score on IMDb of 7.1 stars. How would you rate the movie, Nate? And the film has a uh, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's really, it's good. Good is the rating for it. I'm giving it three stars. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. I think we're aligning on this mm-hmm. one, 3 and 8 for me as well. Because I think this is kind of what you want out of a comedy. It's a very classic type, almost ideal type comedy. It just, you know, it works for what it is. It's not too long. It's about, what, 95 minutes? Just over. It's 94 minutes, an hour and 34 okay. minutes. So, And, you know, it it's doesn't take itself, obviously, too seriously. It's funny throughout. It's got some memorable gags. We didn't even talk about the blue car towing the church behind it. Yeah. It's like, if you see a blue Dodge... And it's towing a small church behind it. That's probably it. That's probably the one. It's a blue Chevy, by the way. A blue Chevy. Yeah. It's pretty fun. And how he discovers his special purpose with Patty Bernstein, played by Caitlin Adams, then meeting Bernadette and some of those interactions and Bernadette defending him. You know, the opening, even just with his family at home in Mississippi, it, it's very fun. It's an effective movie. Like you said, you laugh pretty consistently yeah. throughout. He had he got his favorite his favorite meal. Yeah, 
which was tuna fish sandwich on white bread with mayonnaise, Twinkies, and a tab. Now comes the challenge. We were talking about how this was going to be the unenviable task of how do we rank? How do you rank these these four films? Going through them in order of viewing, it was Roxanne, followed by Leap Faith, Shop Girl, and The Jerk. Do you want to start? Sure. I think for me, Roxanne remains a sentimental favorite, and I think Roxanne is going to remain the top of the list for me. I was quite surprised by Leap of Faith. But I was touched more by Shop Girl. So I'm going to put Shop Girl second, Leap of Faith third. And for me, The Jerk uh, remains at the bottom, which is entertaining considering that it's it's not a bad film. It's just a different style of film, and I appreciated the others that we watched a little bit more. I'm going to go the same. Are you really? Yeah, I'm going to go exactly the same. I was, I'm was. i surprised. I didn't mm. think that we were actually going to end up aligned yeah. on that. Yeah, you were kind of uh, skeptical coming into Steve Martin Month. Yeah, I wondered if it would sustain. I, th- I think he... It's been a while since I've really watched much Steve Martin, but he's probably... I don't know if more of the range is... If more of a range is what I want to say, but there's... You know, he's not a he's not a one-trick pony by any stretch of the imagination. This was a pretty diverse offering of, of films that we got here. Yeah. When you sign up for your next streaming service at some point, you're going to have to do Hulu mm-hmm. so you can watch Only Murders in the yeah. Building. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with how well... I mean, it started a little bit slow. You need to give it a couple episodes. But I was impressed with how well that held up. I'm, I'm glad that he's he made something again more recently. Mm-hmm. But he's just a consistent performer. Everything we watched this month was enjoyable. A couple of them were surprising. I was surprised how much I liked Shop Girl. Yeah. And I was a little bit surprised by Leap of Faith. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What other thoughts do you have for Steve Martin? Oh, I think that uh, pretty much summed it up. Okay. Well, I'm Rob. I'm Nate. And this is Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. Okay. You ready? You got an ad for us? Uh, an ad read? Quality ad read. <laughs> for uh, OptiGrab? OptiGrab. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that presents some issues. Yeah. All right. You were skeptical coming into the month. I was. It worked out. Yeah, it did. I'm glad I insisted on that. Yeah. For once, I did not let down on a theme month. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how that holds up when we get to June. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.